Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Stars Season 4, Episode 4, titled Jersey Justice. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one corpulent co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Maybe she twats in this town like a Jersey girl. Girl, girl. A Jersey girl. Girl. Girl, 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 Jersey girl, 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 I think no, that's should. Call Me Bubbles. That's yeah. from uh, Little Britain. Call Me Bubbles, darling. Everyone does. Yeah, no. Jiggly just says, yes, mama. That's all she ever said. Uh. But that, <laughs> I think I like yours better. Too bad. I, it's shocking that Jiggly Caliente doesn't uh, wa- uh, listen, watch Little Britain. <laughs> Can you imagine Jiggly Caliente sitting in her chair uh, with her no-drag knowledge mouth, eating popcorn, watching Little Britain? <laughs> The only thing I remember about Julie Caliente mm-hmm. is I remember the, the first outfit, the trash outfit. Yeah. That's or the, the apocalyptic, apocalyptic outfit. Mm-hmm. And I remember the scene with her and Willem where Willem kept walking past her going, nurse, and she kept turning around the wrong way. Those are the two <laughs> things I remember about Julie Caliente and her fucked up teeth, which I know she's gotten fixed. But fixed. I, those, the, those are the only things I remember about Julie. I love, too, that she has to tell people to say, stop saying to her, can I call you Julie? <laughs> she's put out like several social media posts asking people please to stop asking her can i call you jiggly it's a, it's such a it's such a problem uh taylor the latte boy i gotta tell me to tell you and i don't know if you, you know do. this yeah it's a little awkward here uh you're sitting in for larry flick i am yeah i am sitting in for I larry flick i don't know why i don't know why i'm here at nine <laughs> o'clock on a saturday morning <laughs> I just happened to be sitting in front of my computer with a mic in front of me, and suddenly yeah. I got this alert saying, Joe yeah. wants you to co-host. Yeah, I don't just, understand why. Taylor just sits in front of the computer with a microphone in front of him all the time. And it's like the bat signal. The fat signal. I beam it in, <laughs> I beam it in the Well, air. to be fair, we were taping about nine episodes a week last year, so I just assumed it was just easier just to sit here and wait for the alerts. <laughs> yeah, everyone should know uh, my friend, Larry Flick, uh, he and I had very different visions for the direction of the show, and so because of that, um, he we've decided. Well, I shouldn't say we. <clears throat> I would love to have Larry Flick on any day of the week, except Tuesdays. I'm really busy, but uh, he's decided to gracefully bow out uh, for the rest of the season. We didn't see eye to eye on the direction of the show, and uh, and so going forward, it's going to be a really a good line. I'm so happy about this lineup. You know, I was really worried. And then uh, uh, Taylor agreed to Taylor. By the way, negotiating with Taylor to come back. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's like, I said, he, he, so he, first he goes, you know what? I'm going to be, he was a total bro. And he was like, I got you this weekend. Because, you know, Taylor's made it very clear he only wants to do season 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I get After Buzz TV's Jay Ellis to come after. Now, my dream, kind of, only, I, look, first of all, my dream would be to have Taylor every week, okay? Aw, thank you. Even though I gave him cancer last year, so he'd go away. <laughs> you but, worked me so hard, you gave me cancer. That's a, that's a weird one to do in a voodoo doll. 
I would just shove like uh, Vaseline inside the voodoo doll around your where your liver is. I don't want to know what you do with that voodoo doll. <laughs> You're shoving Vaseline into it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna tell you something. It rhymes with Babalu. Fu- That's why I was so curious about Babalu fucking your wound. Last if year. I just occasionally felt those, you know, phantom yeah. pains. Yeah, I was like, do you ever feel like Babalu's fucking your wound? It was actually me fucking the voodoo doll where your wound is. Oh, yeah. okay. That's well, a horrifying thought. Thank you. Welcome to our new sponsor, Sit and Sleep. You know, where... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drew Paul's Drag Race, Drag Race Recap brought to you by Vaseline. <laughs> RuPaul, uh, uh, Squarespace. If you want a <laughs> Squarespace ad, you know, for when you fuck Babalu... No, you're not fucking Babalu. That's you. Do you ever fuck Babalu? Does he bottom ever? Rarely. Rarely. We have we have established long ago on Pod as my co-pilot that I have what I could lovingly refer to as a hair trigger. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth the setup of trying to balance the two eggs on top of each other because ultimately, it, you know, you make an omelet real quick. So usually it's just where he tops me. Oh, wait, you, you, you come really fast? Yes. Oh, you know what's so funny? Is, you know, friend of the show, John Paul, mm-hmm. years ago, like his first boyfriend was this guy. I'm not going to give his name out, <clears throat> but um, it, it, he dated him for like a couple years. It was like John Paul's first boyfriend. And then mm-hmm. this guy and I remain, and, uh, remained friends after they broke up because we were all really good friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe um, it was actually one of the biggest regrets I ever had, actually. Like, I'm not even joking. A month after they broke up, mm-hmm. the friend and I were hanging out, and mm-hmm. we were drinking, and one thing led to another, and we started making out, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, let's go to your bedroom. So we go to my bedroom, and the making out continues in the bed, and, you know, hands all are all over the place, but not even, over the clothes, over the clothes. Because mm-hmm. right? you were a lady. I'm a lady, yes. You know, <laughs> and he hadn't bought me dinner. So, um... All of a sudden, he goes, eh, I don't feel good about this. Let's go to bed. And then he went to bed. And I'd just known that for years, right? And I was like, oh, just." And I never told John Paul, and I felt this guilt until I'm not even joking. I'm 28 now, Taylor. And I... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but I'm not even joking. But this part's not a joke. Like, two years ago. Uh-huh. Two years ago. Over 20 years later. And, now, and I know that, you know, now it's been, you know, he's been, John Paul's been with Evil John for like 18 years. You know, right, the same year that my boyfriend was born, and um, <laughs> and kind of puts things in perspective, it huh? Really does, doesn't <laughs> it? And he and his ex boyfriend are friends. He, he's kind of like you, like you know, you with some of your exes, right? They're friends. Mm-hmm. They see, like whenever the Johns go to New York, John Paul sees, and 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 the, the John Evil John's friends with him too. So they're all friends. Yeah. So now I knew it was safe, right? Yeah. So I tell John Paul, look, I feel really guilty about this. John Paul's like, oh, I don't care. And he goes, and then he goes, what what happened? I told him, and he goes, and he, and I told him about the part where I, I was like, I was like, oh, we were making all of a sudden. He was like, ah, I'm over it. And he went, ah, <laughs> and I go, what's so funny? He goes, um, this person, he was, would come really quickly. Yeah. He was like, he was a premature ejaculator. He, all he'd do was like blow on it and he would come. He's like, he came. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, he did." And he goes, "Yeah, that's exactly what happened." And I was like, all this time, I just thought he had these morals, and it was just that he came, and he was like, "No, he didn't have any morals." Did he at least go like, "All right, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, and then we're going to go you to know, sleep." Like, he may have. I don't remember. I mean, that, I mean okay. literally, like that was. I don't want to say this, but it was you know, oh, <laughs> oh, 
<coughs> like probably almost 25 years ago. Yep. <coughs> when I think about stuff that I did and I'm like, oh my God, I was like this little like gate. Like I've, this is, I came out when I was 19. So I've been out for 26 years at this point. 20 close to 27 years yeah. and i think about some of the situations that i got myself and i'm like that was 25 years ago that was yeah. 24 years ago yeah. it's i feel i we're the old we're, we're the bitter old queens we're the bitter old queens that we used to make fun of back in the 90s <sighs> this week the girls do their best jersey girl for a court themed challenge monique educates the children about the booty do valentina can't do a jersey accent and would send trinity home in a heartbeat Latrice is confident, Trinity is confused, and Manila is inconsolable. On the main stage, the category is Curves and Swerves. Is Naomi on this season? Valentina goes off on a weird rant, and the return of Stacey Lane Matthews, Hanny. RuPaul names Monique and Manila as the top two while placing Latrice and Monet in the bottom. In a lip-sync battle for their legacies, the top two go head-to-head. In the end, Monique is named the winner of the lip-sync, and she chooses to send home fan-favorite Latrice Royale. Tale of the Latte Boy named two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not. Coming up with two things is difficult for this episode it that I liked. Is, this yeah. was probably my least favorite episode of the season so far. Um, I, 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 I've been loving this season, uh-huh. but I would say two things that I liked were. Wow. Um, I, I loved Monique's lip sync. I thought Monique's lip sync. I, you you mentioned on the first response last night that you did you were not a big fan of this version of the bitches back, but I I love this version actually. So, <laughs> well, you like McDonald's iced coffee, so there we're even. Um, They're about the same. You're right. <laughs> Both and, watery uh, and sickeningly sweet. Right. Um, but and we'll get we'll get to the lip sync later. Uh, I I kind of liked Naomi's. Well, I have a lot to say about Jersey Justice, but yeah. of all of the um, of all of the contestants, I thought Naomi's was probably my favorite mm-hmm. of the looks and the the attitude and everything. Even though the judges didn't agree with me, so those are the two things I liked. Mm-hmm. I I get why Latrice went home. I I didn't like that Latrice went home. So that's probably of of the two I would have selected. So that's probably the thing that I didn't like, mm-hmm. because we're going to be talking about a lot about other stuff that I didn't like. But if I had to sum it up with that one thing, that would be it. How about you? Uh, I'll tell you what. I actually, um, you're right. This it's weird. I have so many. This this episode such a weird episode because this episode was better than most episodes uh, of All Stars three. You know. Um, I, I have such hot and cold feelings about this episode. Um, I will say, and I've seen a lot of complaints online about the editing of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, and I, but I think that there's two. There's different kinds of editing. There's editing for pace, and then there's editing just for the shots. And that they, they are right. The editing for the shots has been kind of choppy, and particularly this episode, it's very choppy. Yeah. But the actual pace of the show, with a feel of the show, has been. Excellent. It ne- I have and I'm very critical. It I it it never felt slow to me. This whole season, every episode I, feels filled out. I would agree with that. It did feel like they kind of they all came in, mm-hmm. they did their thing. 
and they started that they started right away other than little what do you want to do what do you want to do there wasn't the big huge where rue comes to the tables and and does the whole thing of well you know you got to figure out what you're going to do and mm-hmm. all of that drama that tends to happen yeah. it was very much this is the challenge they showed them all talking one time and then they immediately went into the the this felt to me this should have been a all-stars one uh maxi challenge well it's so funny you say that i said this last night on the first response it felt very season seven to me yeah the kind yeah of- well that that yeah. well season uh, all-stars one was between four and five but that the whole idea of this i mean if they're going kind of with that jersey shore thing mm-hmm. that's like 10 years old yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it just felt very irrelevant mm-hmm. to the pop culture zeitgeist right now mm-hmm. and i plus i have strong feelings about the whole Jersey aspect of it, but yeah, well, you're everyone should know Taylor is originally from Jersey. So yes, I'm a South Jersey girl. So, so, and then the other thing, and I I don't know what your feelings are on this, uh, because I think there are a lot of uh, people who aren't getting it. I loved Valentina's randomness on this episode. It was the, from the weird, from the random ass shit she's been doing where she like, like basically, uh, poses at, the, when she walks into the workroom to the weird rant she went on in the deliberations. Yeah. I'm living for Valentina. I'm living for Valentina owning her. Um, I felt, see, we can get into this later. I felt in season nine, she was trying to portray one image, but really was that girl we always knew she was. Mm-hmm. You know, and this season it feels like she's embraced that girl we always knew she was, and is being that girl we always knew she was. It kind of felt to me when she did the thing last night about the dress, yeah. where she's like, "I am highly offended" and that yeah. sort of stuff, and was going off. My husband looked at me, and went, "There she is, there it is, there it is, right yeah. there." With this whole like, like he's been waiting because she's been fun to watch this all time. I got where it's all where you're saying she's embracing that girl we've always known she is. I feel like she's embracing this like Tammy Brown vibe. Yes. yes. Where it's very much of the, where we say random things and we're mm-hmm. doing it without eyebrows, which mm-hmm. makes it even seem even weirder. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of allowing ourselves to just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, I think, and why the folks, the other contestants aren't necessarily responding the same way is everybody sort of knew going into all stars one, that Tammy Brown was nuts. So the whole, ha, ha, I'm acting mm-hmm. and all of that, everybody just kind of was like, okay, that's the way she is. She's off her meds. It's fine. Whereas I think because she sort of gave this, uh, you know, it's me, Valentina, in the beginning, and now was going to this crazy place. I think that's why when Monique said the whole, like, you know what? <laughs> I don't have time for this or whatever yeah. last night. That was a very different, that, that that's, I think people are like, what are you, people are confused by what she's doing. Well, what's funny is she has said in, Valentina, I'm talking about Valentina here. Valentina yeah. has said in interviews, and I know a lot of drag queens feel this way, I feel this way, that Tammy Brown is her favorite uh, drag girl, RuPaul's Drag Race girl of all time. Right, and I really, I, I, yeah, as we all know, I am strongly in that camp. Tammy Brown is the best drag race girl of all time, right? And uh, do you feel that way, Taylor? I Tammy Brown is one of those that 
I vacillate between I want to see more of you, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I I, I can't. Okay, go away. Uh-huh. Sort of oh, thing. really? So she, yeah, she's 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 fascinating. Mm-hmm. She's fascinating from a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that her looks seem very inspired by old time Hollywood, and you yeah. know, she kind of looks like Betty Boop and and everything that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. But then. You like she? She's great for sound bites. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to sit and watch an entire interview with her. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm all about her. I I love Tammy Brown, and so you're right. I think that she is. I think she is trying to channel that Tammy Brown All Stars one. But but we'll get. I have more thoughts on this. I I, I okay. thought you were. I thought you were going where I was going to go. But I have more thoughts on Tammy Brown, and, and not only Tammy Brown but Valentina, and we'll get to when we get to that episode. Uh, the one thing I didn't like, I I hated this challenge. I hated this challenge, and I'll talk about that when we get to the challenge itself. Um, like, like I said, I felt like it was a step backwards in terms of the show, in, in the quality of the challenge, uh, yeah. and, and the way they deliver that challenge. So that was uh, one of the, there were many things I didn't like, and I didn't like, uh, which is funny because on the whole I like this episode, but I didn't like this version of the bitches back. Uh, why didn't they just pony up the money for a better Tina Turner song? You know, if they wanted to do Tina Turner, why not pony up the money up? You know, for you know, what's love got to do with it or uh, better be good to me. Better, better be, be good, good to me. would be a great yeah. song for the, cause it's such high energy Yeah, or the best or, or even know, like I'm, proud Mary. Oh, I bet proud Mary. Well, but proud. It, it's not like that's Cleden's Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, so it's the same wrote that, thing. So that'd be yeah. John Fogarty. Yeah. Is John Fogarty alive? He or is did he alive. Die? No, he's alive, but they, uh, he and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival are constantly uh, locked in a war over who owns the songs. Okay, well then that explains why they didn't do Proud Mary. Maybe, yeah. Because that would be good too, because you would get a little bit of the both. You could have them do, they, they would obviously edit it down a lot, but you could do the slow part uh-huh. and then the fast part, you know? <laughs> Okay, um, but why couldn't they just get Elton John's version of the bitches back? I think they try not to have men singing. They try. Well, but, uh, but they did Love Shack last yeah, season. Yeah, they so did, and they did. Uh, they did Macho Man. Anyway, uh, the point is, uh, I didn't like that song, and I, I just didn't like these judges, particularly the one that was kind of cunty towards Valentina. Yeah, Erica Ash. Erica Ash. Right, I didn't like her. Erica Ash, one of the one of those people that probably three years from now, when you go back and watch this episode on iTunes, you go, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Zoe Kravitz, I sort of get. I don't know why, but they were just mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know, which is so funny. Why? This, let's have this discussion right now. Why were they just there? To me, they didn't do anything wrong in particular, but why were they just there? Whereas last week, I loved Gus Kenworthy and um, the other one. Well, Gus Kenworthy and Kieran Linesdale. Oh yeah, Kieran Lonsdale. Kieran Lonsdale. Kieran Lonsdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, very very cute. I, I, it made sense because they wanted. I think they wanted gay or people who identify as gay or by, mm-hmm. you know, uh, contestants for Snatch Game, mm-hmm. Snatch Game of Love. Whereas this time, I think they just have people that want to be on the show. Or they have people that they have publicists who go, hey, we'll get you on the show because it should match up to when the new season of your show starts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they were probably just on a list of people. So I could see like Zoe Kravitz seemed to be into it, whereas the other one just didn't. I don't know. But apparently I'm seeing on Reddit or something, she had a broken back. Who did? When she, Erica Ash. Did her <laughs> child step on a crack? I don't know. But I like Zoe Kravitz. It feels like Zoe Kravitz is everywhere, though, lately. 
but she was really good on Big Little Lies. And I know they made reference to Big Little Lies being on. So that makes sense as far as when they recorded mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 you know what it could be is maybe, maybe they didn't demonstrate. I know there was this, there's this one judge, another little gay boy who we all agree was horrible. I can't remember his name. Uh, Evan knew who he was, the little blonde one. Right? Wasn't it that Troy Sylvan, Sylvan or whatever? Wasn't he Troy a judge Sil- once? No, he's gonna be a judge, but no, Troy Sylvan. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. There's another uh, little twink that was a judge, and he didn't, he didn't do shit. But right, um, we later find out like he's like a huge, gigantic fan of the show, like a massive fan. But it just so maybe Erica and Zoe mm-hmm. are, but it did, it didn't come off that way. It came off like they had to be there. Like yeah. that, maybe that's what it was. Where you could, you could, you could feel the joy off Keenan and and, uh, and um, Gus Kenworthy, and even like Casey Musgraves. She pretty much yes. came dressed like a drag queen. So yeah. it, mm-hmm. when the ones that get into it really get into it, it is more a more enjoyable experience to watch them judging. Mm-hmm. I agree. I once again agree. All right, Taylor. Well, before we go to the next segment, let's take a break. All right. And we are back. After Gia's elimination, the girls enter the workroom to de-drag and remove Gia's lipstick mirror message. Monique tells us in the confessional that she wasn't a big Gia gun fan. Manila feels that drag has become a job for Gia, and Trinity reveals that she has also picked Gia to go home. Meanwhile, Valentina shared with the group what happened in her conversation with Manila and made it clear that she wants to win the competition competing against the best. Hey, Delante Boy, your thought on this cold open? I think... You know, I I had a lot to think about last the last week's elimination and how that mm-hmm. kind of dovetailed into the beginning of this show. Had Manila taken out Valentina, mm-hmm. I think it would have completely changed the show. Mm-hmm. In that, it's sort of been this unwritten rule that you don't take out the favorites or you don't take out the competition. Um, or you don't take out people that you think are the competition at that point. And I think that Manila was really the first person in the series of All-Stars to kind of think, oh, I could take out the top spot. I could take out the top seed. Mm-hmm. And then there's a chance other people will get it. I think eventually what's going to happen is you're, you're, we're eventually, we are eventually going to get a not great season of All-Stars mm-hmm. because someone is going to do what Manila considered doing. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a winner that people are not going to understand because, you know, I I mean, I would almost say we came close to that with season three as everybody kind of, a lot of people felt as though Shanji should have won. Mm -hmm. Um, And had there not been the twist, Shanji probably would have won. I, I think, I think that there's sort of this unwritten rule. And I appreciate the fact that people who consider themselves to be the top competition. And I think the public considered to be the top competition, i.e. your Manila's, your Valentina's, your Trinity's are all saying, Oh no, we want it to be us because if I'm going to win, I want to win taking out the best competition. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to take out a pheromone mm-hmm. in the top two spots because everybody felt sorry for, her, and then I have to, you know, crush her. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want to fight love, for this crown. I would love to take Pheromone out and crush her. <laughs> can you imagine me on top of Pheromone? Oh well, I can now. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, I. I'm being crushed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, I can feel my ribs going through my body. <laughs> You don't love me. If you did, you'd get up. (laughs) 
No, I mean literally, get off me. <laughs> uh, okay, here's what I'll say. First of all, I disagree with your pre- – I'm being very Daniel Brewer here. I disagree with your general premise, which is that you're living in a universe where if um, Manila had Valentina's lip sync in her bra – that she would have won the lip sync. I feel if Manila had pulled Valentina's lipstick, then Trinity would have gotten the win. Because they're like, we are sending Gia home. It could be whoever you wanted to be, we're sending Gia home. Uh, and because, you know, I, I hold, well, we know, you know, they've been much sloppier with this on this season, showing you actually them touching the lipsticks and picking them up at certain points and doing all these things with the lipstick. Yeah, but, but what that proves is that they know exactly who they choose. They're filming them pick up the lipsticks, right? Mm-hmm. So the producers definitely know who has whose lipstick, and they choose the lipstick. I'm sorry, they choose the lip sync winner based on whose lipstick. Who they basically? It's a weird sort of equivocate where they give the illusion of choice, but there is really no choice. The choice is theirs. They make the bottom two, and then they choose. Now, where they do, where you know, where the queens do have them in a pickle, is if they both pick someone they don't want to go home. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're sort of, sort of trapped. Uh, I'll leave that at that. But I'll say this is, um, but for the most part, if they go two different ways, they have much more of a choice. And so I think if Manila had picked Valentina, then Trinity would have quote unquote won the lip sync. Uh, so I'll, I'll but say, when you watch mm-hmm. those two lip syncs, the, the, the problem with that line of thinking is Trinity wouldn't have won that lip sync last week. Trinity's right. lip sync compared to Manila's was very subpar. Manila's was joyous to watch, mm-hmm. whereas Trinity was kind of giving us old school Florida small stage Tampa bar drag, mm-hmm. you know, drag queen lip sync. Whereas Manila was telling a story with her, so I don't, I, I don't know that if she had put, um, if she had put Valentina in her bra, that they would have said, "Okay, Trinity, you've got it," because we're sending Gia home. Yeah, but here's where I disagree with you again, is I think you underestimate the power of this show, A, to tell you how to think, and B, to make it seem like, in other words, they can make a lip sync look shitty if they, or shittier if they want to, and one stronger if they need to. I actually think, I think to, to illustrate my point, both, this episode illustrates both of my points. Uh, as we'll get to with Jersey Justice, you'll notice a lot of times that the confessionals during Jersey Justice, uh, tell you how to feel about each contestant. Literally, they have the queens and cutaways saying, um, oh, Naomi's really good, but Manila is a star. And I have thoughts on that, right? And yeah. that, that Monique literally says that. And um, and then they do the, the cutaways the way they need to, like, oh, the audience doesn't like it or audience does like it. And mm-hmm. so um, that... They can, they can manipulate as much as possible. Like, for instance, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the lip sync later, but I... Then why didn't Manila win this lip sync? Because Manila was horrible at this lip sync. But Manila because- was Manila was low energy with this lip sync, whereas you had Monique that was running around. Monique was giving you a Tina Turner impression or her interpretation of it. I've seen Tina Turner perform. I've watched tons of videos of her performing, and a lot of things where she puts she kind of does the arm flapping thing, and she does the quick step moves, and all of that sort of stuff. That was very Tina Turner, whereas. Um, Manila with the shake and go like kind of 80s rocker wig mm-hmm. and kind of almost doing a Charlie Hyde kind of standing in place. Yeah. 
you know, it just did. There was low energy. Whereas when you see Tina Turner perform, Tina Turner is almost 80 years old. And when she still performs now, it is high energy. <laughs> Tina Turner is high drag when you go see her. And you were you were definitely getting that, you know, even like in like I, I get what you're saying with the editing. They kind of tell you which one when you're watching it has the better performance because they tend to show them more during the lip sync. The problem is that there was enough shots of both of them performing where you could compare one against the other. And if it was where Manila was do it was at the same level of energy, then you could say, okay, I'm seeing some fuckery here. That wasn't the case. Monique was giving it. So Monique should have won the lip sync. The next day, the girls enter the workroom <laughs> and RuPaul appears to announce this week's maxi challenge. Well, she doesn't appear. She appears in the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. <laughs> Nothing like she. <laughs> Apparently, she just announced this week's maxi challenge. The girls will be taping a send-up of daytime TV court shows called Jersey Justice. The girls are broken up into teams as follows. On the case, How About Them Cakes, Monet Exchange, Monique Hart, and Latrice Royale will be competing. Uh, on the case, You Made Me Look Like a Bitch, Bitch, Naomi Smalls and Manila Luzon. And I was snookered by Snooky has Trinity the Tuck and Valentina. In the workroom, Monique and Monet are too loud for Latrice. Monique informs the world about the booty do. Naomi is gagged to be performing with Manila and the feelings mutual. And Valentina struggles to get the Jersey accent down, causing Trinity to wonder if Valentina will bring her down. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on the concept of this maxi challenge and everything that happened in the workroom. So, as we've talked about, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. And I get that there are stereotypes. Mm -hmm. There are stereotypes about people from New Jersey where it was so over the top. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even feel like New Jersey. It almost felt like New York to me. It almost felt like the stereotypical big mouth New Yorker. Yeah. um, With with all of... With all of the whole, like, you know, everybody's got a last name that's an Italian dish mm-hmm. and everybody is wearing, everybody wears way too tight clothes and, and, but they're not doing it well. I guess that that's the, if everybody did it well, that would be one thing, but it was just so ridiculous. And again, like I said, the whole Jersey Shore thing was like 10 years ago. It, mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it didn't make sense to me why they were doing this. And it was, it was one of those that I get it. I get why they're doing it. On the one hand, and I'm not like, you know, it was offensive, but not like to the point of where I'm like sending RuPaul emails or anything. I know that people have already started, like people are saying that it was offensive to Italian Americans and all that kind of thing. I, it just was kind of like, ew, the, like the, really that kind of sums up my entire thing with this, with just the way that everybody acted mm-hmm. was ew. Usually when, you know, there was a couple of people that I thought were standouts, but it we could gotten, have been. We haven't gotten to the actual challenge yet. We're just talking about the concept yeah. of it. But go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just didn't. I don't get why they're doing this ten years later. I wonder. I mean, I don't know this, but I wonder if it was one of those ideas that got kicked around for like a season five, season six, season seven, and it just kept getting bounced and bounced and bounced. And finally, they were like, "What are we going to do for episode four? And someone's like, "Hey, uh, didn't we have uh, one of them uh, Jersey Justice episodes?" Yeah, you, you know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, why don't we take that one out of mothballs?" Um, because it's it also seemed kind of lazy, you know. Uh, lazy is a very good word to use. That yes, lazy is. It felt very lazy. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get more into when we get to the challenge. But the, the concept of the challenge, I felt that it felt like we were taking a step backwards for the show. Where I feel the show's evolved past these kinds of challenges, and it felt very, you know, season seven was the end of it. But those kind of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the workroom? You know, when Monique and Monet were there, and Latrice was like, "Oh, they're too loud for me." Uh, did you have any thoughts on that moment between the three of them? I find it interesting that Latrice didn't say something at that point. Like you have, you have to let me have a moment too. I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm not able to get a moment in. Oh, oh, we'll get. To I mean, and she challenge. may very well have said that and they chose for editing purposes not to show that. But I, oh, I, I think I disagree with you on that one. I think she likes being talked over. I think she's a, she's, I think frightened of having to, to, to jump in. She was more than happy to let them. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, Okay, so you know we always. Oh, God, I struggle with this one. I'll say this: I think everybody. Tell me how to handle this, Taylor. We are in. We're getting into the spoiler territory, okay? But I will say somewhere in this segment, there is a scene that will be very important later if the if the T is to be believed, okay? Okay. There's a very important scene in this whole act uh, that will be very important later that we will reference. But um okay, well, I don't know what spoiler you're talking and I'm about. Not gonna, so. I'm not going to reveal it. Everyone should know I'm not going to reveal it. But everyone should it, it, it just know that we're going to reference this uh, scene later. Um, but what about uh, going back to the show? Going back to it, any thoughts on any other moments in this in this show? We have a, a scene between Naomi and Manila, and we have a scene between Trinity and Valentina. Um, didn't, didn't you think – and again, we're going to actually reference this scene – later in this very episode, but it, the scene has uh, Trinity uh, talking about Valentina and worried that Valentina is going to bring her down when the reality is, and we'll get into this later, Valentina should have been worried about Trinity bringing her down. Uh, I thought both of them were not that great. Oh, disagree. And I rewatched it. I rewatched it today. Uh, Valentina had better moments, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like she blew it out of the park. I I I, I agree I, with that, but I don't think anybody did in this whole. This whole no, no one did. Uh, I I would I agree that I thought Manila should have been in the top. Okay, wait, you know what? Everybody. You know what? Okay, so we've talked about the workroom. Let's move on to Jersey Justice. Okay. It's time for some Jersey Justice with the Honorable Michelle Visage in the judge's seat. The first case was you made me look like a bitch, bitch with Naomi and Manila. Now I'm just gonna wing it here. What this was about? Basically, um, Manila is playing this woman who uh, saw a salon attached to a car, assumed it was a hair salon, turned out it was a dog uh, a dog uh, grooming, uh, mobile dog grooming place that owned by Naomi Smalls. And Naomi Smalls gave her a haircut that looked like a poodle. And uh, Manila's character was suing her for $5,000. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on this case? I, the case was the funniest of the three. The concept, and I'm, when I say funniest, I don't mean it was a knee slapper. I just meant of the three. I thought it was the funniest. It had the funniest like twist in it and stuff. Um, Naomi, for as much as I just talked about stereotypes in Jersey, everybody in Jersey that I grew up with, we all have an aunt that looks like Naomi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a real rough looking, real deep voice because we smoke, you know, three packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Big teased out hair. Um, aunt or cousin or or somebody like that, a family friend that looks like her. Maybe not to the quite to the dragged up degree, but you know, mm-hmm. real yeah. real tough looking. Yeah. Um, and I I love the fact that Naomi 
is willing to, I feel like we've seen very different looks from Naomi, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, Wendy Williams, you didn't really know it was Naomi last week. Mm-hmm. This week, you didn't really know it was Naomi when she first came in because of mm-hmm. the way that she did her hair and stuff. Uh, she did her makeup, I mean. So I like that. And I liked at the end when Manila was getting um, cantankerous. She sounded like she was yapping like a dog mm-hmm. when she was saying things. I thought that was, a, that was a funny way. That was a funny bow on the end of this on the end of this, uh, this skit mm-hmm. sketch. Well, look, the thing that here's the deal. This is where it gets tricky. Is the, 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 one of the things you liked about this episode, the, the three sketches were clearly written by the writers of the show. Mm-hmm. They basically made this frame, you know, yeah, the skeleton, story, the skeleton story. And then there were like go to props, like the poodle wig and certain key elements that were just props. That the girls could use and uh, and then they had to flesh out the rest of it. And so what you're saying is, yes, of the three, this is the one that had the clearest storyline. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that makes sense because the other two, it's kind of hard to follow the story. Like uh, when we get to the one about the cakes, you're, you're going to have to help me because I really didn't understand what was going on with the cakes. Right. Um, and uh, so there's that. Um Manila is a tricky case, and and this is where we're gonna start. We're gonna start this topic here, where it's again, as much as I've complimented the editing of the show, there seems to be a, and this is not a spoiler here. I'm just uh, commenting on the editing. There seems to be a very, very heavy-handed slant towards Trinity and Manila, where Trinity is almost single-handedly the voice of the season. She's narrating the whole thing. We've seen very little of Naomi Smalls, uh, even though Naomi Smalls has performed stronger. And she's been she's been pretty strong in every episode. I'm not saying the best, but pretty strong. And yet she's nearly invisible. She's getting almost like a Cameron Michaels edit this mm-hmm. season in terms of confessionals. All right, yeah. or commenting. It's almost nearly all Trinity. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I would love for someone to do an actual official count, but Trinity by far is way ahead of the other girls. Okay, same thing with Manila. And like last week, I didn't think Manila was the best one at all. In in fact, I thought Naomi was much stronger than Manila in the Snatch Game of Love, and yet Manila was in the in the top two. Yeah, in this one as well, I didn't think Manila was the strongest in this challenge, and she, she was in the top two. And I think a lot of the reason is because they choose the top two and the bottom two based on the storyline they want to fill. And in this case, it was a more interesting storyline to have Manila versus uh, Monique over who was going to save. They wanted the storyline of Latrice. They wanted Ma- Ma- you know Manila and Monique involved because Monique wasn't out good. We'll get to that. I don't think Monique was the strongest. I don't think the top two were the top two of the week. And so the show seems to have a very, very soft spot for Manila. And so they make her look better than she truly was. I didn't think she was, I didn't think she was horrible, right? Same thing with last week. I didn't think Manila was horrible. I just thought she wasn't the best. Okay. I think the part of the issue is that, I mean, okay, I can I see think, your point. And I think Naomi was stronger than Manila in this challenge. I think Naomi was funnier than Manila in this challenge. Uh, I think the yapping at the end kind of put the... That, I, didn't, I, I didn't think that was that funny. Oh, see, I thought that was funny. Mm. Um, you, you're dealing with, there was nobody that knocked it out of the park this week. 
I think out of all out of all seven girls that are left, nobody seemed to really kind of like wow any nobody had that wow factor so i feel like they kind of grabbed the best of what was there mm-hmm. versus somebody that you know well where these are clearly front runners and these are clear these ones are clearly in the bottom mm-hmm. the what with the exception of latrice was from the moment the fr- from the workroom you knew latrice was going to be in the bottom but um i don't know that i don't know that they really had great pickings to pick from as far as who who were in the top two I think Naomi was stronger than Manila. But uh, do you have anything else to say about this? You made me look like a bitch, bitch. No. All right. Moving on, we have uh, how about them cakes with Monique Hart, Monet Exchange, and Latrice Royale. Again, off the top of my head, uh, I would say this. From what I gather, is this the story? Okay, this is actually going to come to. I'm going to get to this, and maybe on the rumor mill this week. If you're a Patreon supporter, you'll hit this in the rumor mill. Lori Roggenkamp, who I do the Dragula recap show, is actually a very accomplished improv and sketch comedian in L.A. Mm-hmm. I think I know she watches this with her girlfriend. I'm going to have her come on and, and talk about the improv here, on the actual improv. Because I have thoughts on this, particularly about how about them cakes. Uh, we'll talk about it right now. But um, I think Monique Hart's character went into a cake shop because she wanted to support black businesses and ordered mm-hmm. a cake, but when she got the cake, instead of the message she wanted, she got one that had an offensive message that was personally about her. Right. And she was suing them for doing that. And Latrice was the owner of the cake shop, and her daughter was the one, it turns out, who had written the message on the cake. And then they fought and had a cake fight. Yes. What were your thoughts on this one? You've yes, <laughs> you 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 summed uh, summed it up. The problem is that is probably the skeleton. That is the index card that they were given, and it just devolved into this. Where it was Michelle eventually was the one saying, "Look, so we, you know we have to figure out who did the cake, but I know who wrote the message on the cake, and it was your daughter." And then that's the big thing at the end. I, I it was just oh, you hit a really good point. You're right. Yeah, like where I they think... were clearly devolving because at one point I forget who it was, but saying you know because I guess the other contestants were watching it from the side and going, I have no idea what's going on. I have yeah. no idea what's supposed to be happening here. So it was almost like Michelle had to kind of nudge them back to, you know, to to figure out what was going on with the story so that they could get Monique out there to do Monet. her thing. Monet, I think you're right. Monet. I think you're right. I think they were supposed to bring Monet out, and they never they never got to it. And she was like, "We got to bring Monet into this today." Yeah. Well, this speaks to my thing. Okay. So just reminder: Monique is one of the top two, mm-hmm. and everyone keeps talking about how wonderful she is. And again, I am not. I'm not even taking. I've taken zero improv classes. Okay. I know nothing about improv. I know nothing about s- sketch. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think, and I think Lori would argue this. This wasn't an improv. They get really nerdy about this. I think this was technically not an improv. This was a sketch. But uh, I know nothing about this world. But but I I know, actually, I shouldn't say that. I know more than the average person, but I'm not, like, I'm never taking a class. And what I know is, and what I can tell you, and this is my guess, and Lori will chime in on this, is Monique was fucking over Monet and Latrice. Because they have one storyline, and then Monique would chime in and change the story. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um out of nowhere so she would say you know uh i I can't remember specific instances but she would say things that feel like latrice so 
Monique would have her turn, then Latrice would start and, and build on the story, and then Monique would jump in and then change the story. You know? I almost kind of want to find that scene and uh, play a little bit of it. Thank God I have this pulled up. But where, like, you're like, uh, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, I actually didn't think Monet was bad. Monet had some really good lines, okay? Yeah. Monet got in the line when she says, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? She says, and my boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Monique says to her, something about 25 cents, and Monet comes back with, no, you didn't. You gave me a quarter. Right, that was that was kind of a funny line. So, that so let's it. actually—I bet you when you when you take the visuals out, uh, I'm going to have the visuals, but you won't, and uh, the audience mm-hmm. won't. But I bet you get a different experience. Mama, let me tell you something. Hello, your name. How are you? First of all, what's your name? You want to know my name? I asked you your name. Okay, well, you said I'm hostile. You seem a little hostile yourself. Just saying. This is my core, bitch. Respect your elder. I taught you better than that. Clearly not. Okay, so n- nothing funny so far. All right. Well, the, the you, you seem a little hostile. That that was that was kind of Jersey. That was sort of a Jersey thing, to, you know, where you, you immediately become defensive. So right. that 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 line was that line was funny, okay. funny in lowercase f in quotes. All right, here we go. My name is Alexis. Your Honor, she brought a forty. I tend to get thirsty, Your Honor. Like, notice Monique is the, Monique doesn't let Monet have the joke. She says she brought a forty. Mm-hmm. Taking away Monet's opportunity to introduce the, the the prop. Okay. Tell me your story. Why are you here? Okay, Your Honor. First of all, yes, I did write on that cake, but there's you a wrote on the cake. So now, why does Latrice interrupt her there and say you wrote? So now she's breaking up Monet's flow. This is right. this is where it starts to devolve into the romper room fuckery. So they should have called this case. I'm going to say it in a second. I did. But here's, here's the reason. Because she is a nasty, skanky whore. Anastasia Fettuccine Alfredo Ragu al dente pasta. Watch your fucking language. You kiss your mother with that fucking mouth? And my boyfriend, Joanna. <laughs> okay. So far, okay. Because Monet hasn't been there. All right. Mm-hmm. So here's the story. So we, we've been best friends forever best since friend. elementary school. We were on the playground and I was together. So here's my question in the logic of the script. And I should I'm not going to go back to the beginning and play this. When Monique introduces the story, she says she just sees this cake shop and she wants to support black on black business. But now it's turned into she knows these people and has never liked these people. Yeah. So why would you why would you go there? I don't know. All right. It's, it's, Wait, but that's that's just it. It's not cohesive. There wasn't a where we worked things out. You know, I think everybody was focused on their own character where they were like, you're the mother, you're the daughter, you're the customer. And there was no, okay, we want to do this. We want, you know, there was there was no staying in the lanes, so to speak. You're right. But this is, you know, and I talked about this in the first response. So if you're, but, you know, only Patreon supporters get the first response. Um if this is why they should have had an experienced improv person come in, and the person that I came up to, I came, uh, I could, came to the conclusion was Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry would have been great because she's a ground lean, which is a famous improv and sketch troupe in L.A. Uh, she's done Judge Judy on SNL very famously, uh, mm-hmm. and she's what is she doing? You know. Yeah, I was going to say, she might not have been able to get her shift off at Marshall's, so maybe <laughs> yeah. that's why they did She'd have to give up her Uber run. shifts for the night. And uh, did you see that Brian Dunkelman from American Idol is driving for Uber now? I saw a, I saw a headline of it. I wouldn't read that. Yeah. But Anyway, so uh, 
anyway, the point is that, and then they, this is an episode where they actually could have benefited from one of those rehearsals where Sherry O'Terry brings him onto the main stage and then they each get to run through it with Sherry O'Terry and she plays the judge because Michelle Visage needed to be a facility. They needed an, they needed an experienced improv and sketch person there to move it along and to keep the show, keep the sketch on pace. They mm-hmm. actually need literally a judge to keep it on, on mark. And I don't think Michelle, while she thinks she has the chops to do that, doesn't really have the chops to do that. They needed like a Sherry O'Terry or you know who they could have. They, they didn't even have to go woman. They could have gotten, you know, who does drag and could have done it. And is a, actually a teacher at the groundlings. But who? is um, okay, he plays Chloe Sevigny and his name is Drew Drogi. Oh, Drew Drogi. Yeah. yeah. Drew Drogi teaches improv. That's what he literally does. Okay, is a very famous improv teacher. He plays mm-hmm. Chloe Sevigny. He could have. He would have been totally funny doing this. Uh, maybe even as Chloe Sevigny as the judge, you know, um, mm-hmm. or in some other drag persona. And he could have kept it on the in its lane. Um, yeah, this is totally romper room fuckery. But let's, well, okay, I, I have a theory as to why they had Michelle be a part of this because she's from other than the whole Jersey, okay. the whole Jersey angle of it. Michelle is performing in the. West End now or something. She's yeah. she's in a play or a musical. So I wonder if this was a kind of almost a cross promotion of look, she's an actress now also yeah. as well, and this was a way to kind of show off her her acting chops. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, as, it's just a drag show she's doing essentially. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She she desperately wants to be an actress. If you listen to this, what's the tea podcast? She's kind of, she and then she's upset she doesn't go any auditions. Meanwhile, from what I've seen, she's a horrible actress, right? But no one's telling Michelle that. Anyway, let's yeah, she didn't even seem to really play up her jerseyness. No, too much compared to everybody else. When you have all of these people that are like clown versions, and then she sort of is her jersey version. Mm-hmm. It just it didn't it didn't match up. It just she seemed real low energy, but then still trying to direct everybody. Like at the end of this, with the you know, I've been called a slut. I've been called a whore. But me and my friends, we make out. Yeah, it was it was weird. I'll say this. I wouldn't judge Michelle. I will. I mean, I'll judge Michelle's acting talents and other things I've seen. But on this, I wouldn't judge it. Improv and sketch is a whole skill set, and it's a, it's a very it's a it's almost disrespectful to the art form to just throw Michelle in there thinking that she could just wing it. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a very it's it's uh it's an art form, and and uh, I don't know. I don't think she. Um, here we go, move on. Barbie Z started going steady. We were on the top seat survey going round and round, and Miss Anastasia spins the bitch too fast. I get nauseous after I after my pesto Alfredo What's going on here? Pasta, what we had for lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Monique was doing a great job, and she was funny, but then it just lost the story. Yeah. So she spun it and made me throw up on Bobby Z on his Cavavacci no! jeans because of that whore. I still don't understand the cake and how the writing got on the cake and why the mom and the dog. Do- I still don't get it. Yeah. In seventh grade, do you know that she let the whole varsity and what does this have to do with anything? Things to happen. In high yeah. school, I had the nickname Miss Headquarters. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so I, I'm going to stop it there. But because um, we've been running, actually, I didn't realize we were running so long. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, any other thoughts on this on this moment? No, just was not. It was just not good. And Latrice just looked lost through the entire thing. Lost. Yeah. Uh, okay. Finally, I was snookered by Snooky with Trinity the Tuck and Valentina. Your thoughts there? I got with Trinity. I know that you liked Moni uh, Val- Valentina better than Trinity. Mm-hmm. Trinity kind of was one of those women that. 
again, much like Naomi, I grew up around where with that whole like kind of the the, the wife, the, you know, the, the wife who spends the money kind of thing. So where she was going to have, you know, and, and that she just wants to she wants that status symbol and that kind of thing. And we've had a little too much plastic surgery done and our hair is a little too big. And and uh, I thought of the two, she seemed to be the more grounded of the two characters, mm-hmm. which, you know, for what it's worth. Uh, Valentina, I, I missed most of Valentina last night. We had an internet issue where all of a sudden the internet crapped out for about two minutes. So by the time I got the show back up, it was right before they got into the, where they were choking each other and rolling mm-hmm. around and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched it this morning and Valentina did have, she definitely had a character that she was, she was, you know, she lives at the strip club and, and that kind of stuff. But I uh, just wasn't, it just wasn't my thing. The whole thing just wasn't my thing. Okay, this is going to actually prove my point once again. So they do this thing on this sketch, which is fine, where Valentina's character is late. So it's just Trinity alone with Michelle Visage. Mm-hmm. And the thing, again, with improv and sketch, it's not stand-up because you're not really doing it alone. It's a lot. Of, it's almost like a tennis match. Or if it's a group, people are bouncing up. They, in fact, in a lot of improv games, you're throwing a ball to someone and someone's like... I have to say, you know, blue, and then you throw a ball to someone, and then they have to, like, the first thing they think of, right? Mm-hmm. It's really about bouncing that ball around the room, and that's where the skill comes in, and trying to keep it afloat, you know? Yeah. And Michelle isn't that strong at sketch, and so she's... Trinity is not by herself, so she's trying to get something going with Michelle, and Michelle's just not good, and Michelle's just like... Michelle's almost like an audience member. She's trying to play both the judge, and yet she needs to be an improv person at that moment. That's why yeah. they needed someone experienced, like Drew... Drogi or Sherry O'Terry who would know how to do that and then Trinity would have been allowed to shine they would have basically helped Trinity keep it afloat essentially what they did was throw um, uh, Trinity out there alone and have to be a character and then go like oh my god can you believe Trinity was so weak during that part you know yeah. the truth is once Valentina came in and there was someone to bounce the energy off of then that's when Trinity actually her character flourished more because there yeah. was there was an engagement, okay, yeah. and it made Valentina seem stronger than she would. Because when Valentina came in, she didn't she didn't have to go solo the way Trinity did. She didn't have to right. fly solo. She, she came in with a ready developed character and was able then to jump into the scene. And that's why the scene. But once Valentina came in, I thought uh, I thought this was this, I actually thought personally this was the strongest of the three sketches. Valentina got some good lines in. Once Valentina came in, Trinity's character really came into being. She got to be witty again. She was. They were both very quick with RuPaul afterwards. Um, uh-huh. The the line about the "I just want a million dollars" did make me laugh. Very funny. And then also when RuPaul asks Trinity, "Would you come back? Would you sue someone again?" She goes, "No, I would just handle them the Jersey way." And she slices her finger across her neck. Yeah. You know, that was funny too. So once they once Trinity was engaging with people, then she was good, but but it's essentially um you know, like she's, you know, Trinity's trying to get something going and 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 Michelle's just like, uh-huh. And it's just like then deflate it falls. It's like if you threw a ball yeah. at someone, they didn't even try and catch it. It just falls yeah. in front of them. And so that's sort of the problem with this whole thing. Um all right, moving on. It's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Manila is worried about Latrice, who seems a little too confident about her performance in the challenge. Trinity and Latrice playfully go back and forth about who was worse in the maxi challenge. And Valentina reveals to a shocked Trinity that Valentina would send Trinity home over Latrice because Valentina is afraid of the fan backlash. 
Taylor, your thoughts on this Elimination Day conversation? This felt like a very important moment for later on. It does. Because... Even in this episode. Yeah, because of the Trinity... The the Trinity-Valentina conversation in particular, and that whole, what? Mm -hmm. Was... That's classic. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I, 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 the, the, the level of denial that Latrice seemed to have as far as that, oh, my God, we slayed. We were great. And Manila just sort of looking at her like, did were you on the same stage, soundstage we were? Because mm-hmm. that's not what I saw. Was sort of disheartening. And then also the way they played up the whole, you forgot, you, you forgot who you were for a second, right? And yeah. then it seemed like Latrice wouldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. Again, I recognize this is editing. But it it just felt very that whole segment felt very out of character for Latrice. Do you think perhaps Latrice was actually secretly afraid and was going up to Trinity to say that to um, shape the story for the producers? Maybe, maybe. I yeah, I kind of got a uh, I need to play something up so that somebody maybe somebody else looks worse than I do. Yeah, because she was worried. Yeah, or she because I will say the sketch. How about them cakes with the three of them? seemed very and i think i've made this comment before very high school doing improv yeah you said just, that on the it, yeah, first response it just devolves into like just cake throwing and and it, it was very very juvenile um you know the thing with like and we'll come back to this trinity valentina conversation later in this episode because later trinity then criticizes manila for manila saying i'm gonna op- for opening time i'm gonna save latrice yeah. and is like what you're saving your friend and you're like um do you remember last episode (laughs) and do you remember the conversation you just had in the mirror with valentina you know which also by the way valentina's been doing this funny voice Mm -hmm. and that's that's what makes me think valentina wasn't even being serious but they turned it into a serious conversation yeah. No, I, I, I wondered the same thing too. You you did a thing uh on this show years ago, I wanna say during All Stars Two, where you pretty much played two scenes happening between two characters, similar things happening to two contestants at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know one of them was Alaska and I forget who the other one was. And you pretty much just talked about the the difference in the music that they yeah. played mm-hmm. and what how that is supposed to dictate how we're supposed to feel and dictate mm-hmm. the narrative of the story. So I'm almost wondering, I agree with you that I wonder if in that moment there was fuckery going on with the with the producers by saying, well, we'll add this ominous music and then it makes it feel. Yeah, because Valentina was, and this happens later with the speech she was giving. She uses this funny voice. And that's not how Valentina talks. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like she was being like, if you and I were having a conversation, you were like, well, Joe, if it was between me and Evan, who would you choose? And I would be like, well, of course I would choose Evan. Yeah. You know? Which we all know Evan's out the door. I was going to say, we all know that's not that wouldn't be the case. I'm not even sure Evan's in the door now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Evan's listening right now and just drops his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, and then skips back to P.E. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then takes a swig of vodka with him. <laughs> anyway, Before he has to play dodgeball with the other elementary school kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Um, over on Patreon, I'm going to tell you. Oh, I like how I wrote this as if I'm talking. I'm going to tell you. 
If you're not on Patreon, then you're missing a whole other universe in drama and conflama. Ask any Patreon supporter and they'll tell you that, along with all the bonus shows, you get enough behind-the-scenes drama to make a whole season of Untucked. Apart from the drama, you got our first response episode. After every brand new episode, I immediately jump on the air and give my thoughts about what just happened. You also get an uncut and unfiltered version of this episode immediately after we tape it on Saturday mornings. That means you get the recap episode the very next morning before anyone else. Also, we have our new show, Reclaiming Our Time. A diverse perspective on RuPaul's Drag Race with myself and Jamila Zara and a rotating guest. You also get the rumor mail where we read your letters, discuss any Drag Race universe drama, and of course, all the rumors, tea, and speculation about the show. Not only that, you get the Dragula recap show, which I, I want to sell this show once again. And Taylor, you can chime in here. One, don't you might be thinking, why well, didn't watch Dragula? I would say that's a benefit to this podcast. Don't it's, watch Dragula. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a it yeah. I love Dragula. I love Lori as your co-host on there. She's hysterical. The best part about Lori is I don't think Lori realizes how funny she is uh-huh. and some of the things that she talks about. Yeah. And any those those of you who've been around for a while and those of you who listen to Pod as my co-pilot know one of my favorite sounds in the world is the sound of Joe Batance laughing. Mm-hmm. And Joe laughs through the entire through the entire episode because yeah. Lori is hysterical and she just triggers Joe and it's 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 a wonderful diversion to watch. I have been slowly watching this season just because I want to know what's going on with the show so that I have the point of reference, but you really don't need to. They talked on this last last episode about a three minute skit <laughs> that happens at the beginning for about twenty five minutes no, trying to figure out. Forty five minutes. I timed I was like, oh my God, forty five minutes of this episode is us talking about the cold open when they order yes. a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but but you you live for every word. I can't stress it enough how funny the Dragula recaps are. Yeah, so, don't, yeah, don't think you have to be a Dragula fan for that show. It it is that that we should we call that show uh, Romper Room Fuckery. It's it's mm-hmm. it's sometimes we go like, "Oh, I guess we are talking about a show." Uh, along with a slew of extra shows and bonus content that surprise you every week. So, how do you get this content? Just go over to patreon.com/dragracerecap and sign up at the $3 eat it level to get all this amazing content. Once again, that's patreon.com/dragracerecap. Now we're going to take a break. All right, now it's time for the looks. Taylor the Latte Boy, what do you got? For, what do you think about well, the looks? Well, this, this week the looks were curves and swerves, mm-hmm. and I did not do my usual taking pictures of the screen, but oh, I re- there's only seven of them, and I remember what everybody looked like. So okay. let's go through. The first one to come out was Manila, and Manila came out in a pink and black outfit that was um, that was uh, quilted, for lack of a better word, but it was very Chanel. Um, I liked this from look. season it, one. It felt hmm? from season one. Yes, Coco. Yeah, Chanel. Chanel. Uh, Coco. No, Chanel. Chanel. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Wow. It's still early. <laughs> um, I liked this look. It felt a little bulky in places, but I thought she looked really pretty. I had to say something. I kind of have a crush on Manila's boy. Mm-hmm. I think she's very, very cute, and I think as a, I think as Manila, I think Manila is super pretty. So she, it's very rare that she has a misstep for me, mm-hmm. but it was still I liked it. So I give this look a toot. I don't know how I feel about this look. I'll tell you why. It looked good, but mm-hmm. it was the wrong challenge. She was playing with the concept, and 
I don't know if I liked it. So, in other words, the dress was padded, but she wasn't necessarily padded. Yeah. No, she wasn't wearing. She might have been wearing like some. She was like, it was like it was kind of like a hoop skirt or something like that, right? Like a short hoop skirt. But right. She wasn't necessarily padded. So the joke was that it was like you know, like a quilt material. Yeah. Um, looked great. I don't know if it fit the challenge. So for that, I'm going to give it a boot. Okay. So next up was Naomi Smalls, and Naomi came out in a outfit where she looked sort of very 50s housewife in a mm-hmm. yellow and white uh, gingham dress, hair, big beehive, and holding a burnt pie of some kind. And her makeup kind of represented that with some ash on the dress. And, mm-hmm. and ash, I loved this look. I, I loved everything about this. I thought she looked ass as far as her padding goes. Um, the entire look told a story. It's yellow is a very hard color to pull off. And I thought she just looked beautiful. So this look was a definite toot for me. I agree. Okay. Um, so I don't remember who was the third one to come out off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Well, you but, can go in any order that you want. Okay. So, well then let's talk about Latrice. Okay. Latrice came out in a blue beaded gown. Mm-hmm. Um, and she apparently was cinched for the first time. Uh, ever on the show and she had a big blonde wig and eyelashes that were way too big for her they made her it, like actually like made her eyebrows like uh, eyelashes eyelids mm-hmm. heavy um she walked out and i was thinking it to myself and my husband just went boring and i said absolutely that mm-hmm. that was a very boring look it was very basic pageant i did not like it so this would definitely be a boot for me it was just, we've seen this look. We've seen this look. There was nothing new. I mean, she looked fine, but we've seen this look a hundred times from her. This is every look. It's some sort of, it's the same silhouette, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's the beads, and she looks great, but it's like, I saw that episode one, I saw it episode two, I saw it episode three, and now I saw it episode four. It's like, okay, yeah. bitch, give us something else. I mean, yeah. serve something else. And so for that re, I mean, she looked fine by the way. But I've seen it already four times and for that I'm re- given reason I'm giving it a boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I have the looks right up in front of me. Naomi is wrapping up right now so I can tell you who is right here. It's Trinity the Tuck. Trinity. Okay. Trinity had a look that was done by uh, a, a designer named Casey Anderson uh, who I know the, through a friend of a friend of a friend um and the look was very much where it was taking the concept of curves and where she had wavy lines all mm. within her hair she had curvy lines uh in her boots and her um gloves uh like you know arm length gloves and the outfit uh it was a really neat concept for it didn't look comfortable no it didn't look comfortable. <laughs> it, it looked scratchy to me like even like the hair because it sort of the hair reminded me of target sold these big oversized wigs mm-hmm. that were made out of styrofoam a couple years ago for halloween and yeah. that's sort of what it looked like to me only a higher end version of that mm-hmm. but the look it's and i didn't like the color scheme but i liked the concept so mm-hmm. i would give this a toot with uh toot with reservations all right, I, I like that. It gets just a general toot for me. Yeah. All right, next one we're gonna have a lot to talk about. It's Valentina. Valentina. Again, the I liked the concept, but I thought it was poorly executed. I thought it looked it it it, it didn't necessarily match with what they were trying to do. What what the theme was similar to um, similar to what you said about Manila. But it just it didn't seem like if you're going to do something like that, that's a concept like that. It has to be well put together so that it doesn't just look like you've stapled things or glue gunned things to address. Um, 
And I, I get why she didn't wear hair. I get why she just kind of had the cap on to where she sort of would look like a mannequin. But I, I, it was, this was a misstep for me. I like the fact that she sort of went out of her comfort zone. But if you're going to go out of your comfort zone, do it. You have to take it to an 11. And I feel like she went out of her comfort zone. And this was sort of a seven. I understand anyone who has complaints about it. I loved it because I like anything where she th- she takes the concepts and she thinks one step beyond. And this mm-hmm. one for it's it's you know it's called Curves and Swerves, subtitled "Padded for the Gods." And she she took RuPaul's quote, "We're all born naked and the rest is drag," and turned that into an outfit where it's everything that's underneath a drag queen's clothes showing you it it shows vulnerability. Because she's saying, this is what I, no matter how fierce you think I look, this is what I look like underneath this drag. Like I said, the last song, the closing song on every episode now, right now for this season is Born Naked. And so she's essentially putting this in a couture form that we're all, bo- mm-hmm. this is what a drag queen looks like naked. Here are the pads. Here's, you know, I have the cap that I put on before I put my wig on. Here's what it looks like. This is, this is the reality. Taking taking the concept and turning it upside down in her head. I could see why people have a problem with it, but I actually thought it was um, high fashion concept uh, couture. So I, give it a I think the concept was high fashion. Mm-hmm. I think the execution was lacking. Okay. And I, I, I know you can make arguments for that and you're yeah. wrong. All right. Next is Monique Hart. <laughs> okay. Monique Hart, I struggle with. We're all sick of the brown cow stunning. Mm-hmm. I loved this look, though. And I loved the fact that it was the cow print. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she looked amazing. I loved the oversized shoulder pads and the oversized hips. Um, had she never come out with the brown cow stunning thing on the Variety Show episode and come out just as this, mm-hmm. I think people would be going nuts for yeah. this because it would be a callback to the brown cow that we hadn't have a, a beaten over beaten over our heads over the last four episodes. Yeah. Um, I thought her makeup was the best it's looked all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that she had the kind of the juxtaposition of the bright orange, red, orange hair that go along with against the white and the brown. Mm-hmm. Great, great look. Uh-huh. Great, great look. Next up, we have Monet Exchange. Well, wait, what did you think? Boot or toot? Who are we talking about again? Monique. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you, actually, 100%. Like, if, if 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 she wasn't wearing the brown cow stunning shit in the confessional, if she wasn't wearing, if she didn't do that thing on the first episode, I would have been like, oh, what a clever callback to her season. Uh, but uh, I'm just like, oh, bitch, another another thing with the brown cow stunning. Ugh. I'm just like, ugh. But but the silhouette, I love. I yeah. love the silhouette. All right, next up, we have Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange coming out dressed as Kim Kardashian from that uh, famous magazine cover with mm-hmm. the champagne shooting onto her ass that was mm-hmm. sitting on the um, – she looked good. She looked good. It felt more like a hollow, like a high-end Halloween costume yeah, because it was very apparent who she was portraying. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have liked to have seen something slightly different with that. I, it's just – I don't know. Monet, you guys – uh, previous to this have been on the money with the whole Monet thing. Mm-hmm. Like w- I loved Monet last season. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved Monet last season. And I, I really liked Monique mm-hmm. watching the two of them this season so far. It was way too soon for them to come back. Mm-hmm. 
No, I agree with it. I saw, I saw someone make a proposal on, on Reddit somewhere that uh, people should be required to wait a season before they come back on All-Stars. I was just going to say that. I was mm-hmm. just going to say, like, I would have rather waited and seen them. All-Stars 5, I think it would have been completely different. Well, I think funny. we would probably feel completely different about them. What's funny is, just from a strategy perspective, it's a good idea. Because, you know, in theory, these Monet and Monique have only had, like, a few months to benefit from the uh, fame from Drag Race to get that money. Mm-hmm. So you get, you would get basically a whole year and a half essentially to build up that drag race money and like look at and build, get that war chest to come back looking expensive. Like look at how Trinity is. Look at Val- now Valentina's a different story because she was a superstar when she left. But look at Trinity. Look at the Naomi. They've had. This- well, look at Eureka. Look mm-hmm. at Eureka from season yeah. nine to season ten, as far as the looks that she had mm-hmm. and that she really stepped up her pussy. Yeah, and and w- it w- there was a huge difference. Yeah. Lover or hater, her looks were better in season ten than they were in season nine. I agree with you, and so like it's just even from a strategy perspective, it's a good idea. It lets you build that war chest you need to to get that money, honey. Um, <laughs> okay, let's um, move on. Uh, on the main stage, the judges were all over the place with the girls. The editing was weird, and the sound effects were used liberally. Yeah, that was really weird. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, they would say, seemed- like, I loved your outfit. Uh, Valentina got read by a judge for her look, while Manila, Luzon, and Monique Hart were placed in the top two. Trinity, Valentina, and Naomi were deemed safe, leaving Latrice and Monet Exchange in the bottom two. Back in the workroom, Latrice was emotional as she realized there was a real possibility she might go home. All of a sudden, Valentina does an over-the-top voice and performs a scene out of a telenovela about how upset she was by the judge's critique of her look. During the individual discussions, an emotional Manila told Latrice that Manila wanted her to stay in the competition while Monique confessed to Monet that this was a very difficult decision because of Latrice's legacy. Back on the main stage, Monique Hart and Manila Luzon went head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their friends. The song? Tina Turner's take on Elton John's The Bitch Is Back. It was a fierce battle, but in the end, Monique showed everyone she could keep her wig on and won the lip-sync. In a poorly edited shot, we saw that uh, Monique's lipstick revealed that Monique had chosen Latrice Royale to go home to the latte boy your thoughts on your final thoughts on all this segment, on the episode, and everything in general. We can take it in pieces if you want. I can take what? Well, I can take it. I can go through it in pieces if, you, if that helps you. No, that's okay. okay. Um, I think I, I agree with you that the editing was weird. They they oversold the drama in some ways, and I think it was not to Latrice's advantage that they did this. The moment where they where Rue announced that Latrice was in the bottom two. Mm-hmm. And they cut to Manila. Mm-hmm. That was a heartbreaking moment mm-hmm. where 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 you saw Manila like kind of crumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then it turned more. It felt like it turned more into Manila's response to Latrice being at the bottom two than Latrice's response to being in the bottom two. Mm-hmm. It kind of took the focus away from her in that regards. Um, even like after they after the, after they announced that Latrice was going home, you got very few shots of latrice it was all manila manila crying and everything though of course latrice didn't necessarily give them a lot latrice was like all right i'm out see you later and then that was it mm-hmm. um latrice seemed pissed about it mm-hmm. um latrice's comment about you know i am the most beloved queen in the history of the show felt a little gross mm-hmm you know, like that's where she I I don't know if she just thought, well, I should still be able to just get by on that. Mm-hmm. 
or or what but it it just, the whole th- the whole thing just it was just a weird elimination segment for the show mm-hmm. um and it's it's almost like they didn't know what to do getting to the valentina standing up and saying i have something to say well i have that moment queued up if you want to hear it okay okay here we go oh let me put the volume up all right i feel like it's not my time to go ladies i'm boiling my blood is simmering through my veins and i have some things to say okay i am deeply and utterly offended that judge with the bun and the gold i do not appreciate her non-constructive criticism of my beautiful outfit sis i love you but you're safe okay so go ahead that's the point of reference your thoughts okay I almost wonder if one she was trying to break up maybe some sadness. Yes, I agree. So so there was that and trying to do an Alexis Michelle I have something to say about the fact that no one brought up that I brought up my outfit with the fur challenge back in season. Oh, okay, eight. you're right. Yes. So okay. she was trying to do that, but if she was going to do that Again, that was shitty editing mm-hmm. on the part of the – if that's what was happening because it it just makes her look – that was the moment where Babalu went, there it is. There it is. None of the attention is on me, so I'm going to put the attention on me. See, you know? I disagree on that. I think – and I think I, – to me, it's super obvious that she's doing this weird, funny voice. And she, you know what it could come from? Now, I'm just – this is pure speculation. I don't know anything about Valentina's life or backstory, right? Mm-hmm. But it felt like, you know, a kid whose parents fight a lot. And mm-hmm. so the kid starts doing like funny jokes and voices of the kids. Do you think if I'm cute, then everyone, they'll stop fighting. Mommy and daddy will stop fighting. I'll just In family them. dynamics, that's called the cheerleader. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that that's a thing in, fam- in family dynamics. That is something I remember that from. I remember that from undergrad. But, but everybody plays a certain role in the family. Mm-hmm. And the one that kind of wants everybody, hey, everybody, look at me, look at me. When when there is tension or conflicts in a family, that is called the cheerleader. And didn't you get that sort of sense here that Latrice is really upset? It does a there's a, a pallor over the girls, and she's just like, "Let me have my let me do my." T-. She probably had this Tammy Brown moment plan that she would do it, you know. Where but she would. I don't her- know, but but that's just it because of the way the editing went. Yeah, I don't know. That that was the intention. Mm-hmm. You know, because- I know they tried to play the silly music behind her, but also the difference is if she's going to do something that last time, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. Alexis was in the bottom two. So there was a justifiable reason for being upset. Yeah. And I think Monique's response, Monique's response felt very, we don't have the time for this right now. Mm-hmm. You know, similar to the, I love you, but you're crying is annoying me. From earlier in the season, mm-hmm. this felt like a bitch. This is not about you right now. We have some. We have some very serious things we need to figure out. That now is not the time. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think that unless she had been completely over the top and like with, it didn't feel like there was a wink and a smile to that. I know the voice was sort of funny, but th- there's a way to do that. And I think that if Valentina, one, if Valentina was trying to put the focus on herself, that's kind of gross. But two, if she was trying to do it where she was trying to bring some levity to the moment, one, it went on for far too long. Two, well, that's one thing. And two, it wasn't, if you're going to do that, go real big so that everybody gets that you're joking. Because in that moment, nobody was laughing. Nobody, Everybody was kind of looking at her like, what the fuck? 
Well, no, I don't think that they got. I'm not saying that she was successful at it. I'm just trying to create right. the situation. So I think in that they're like, I don't think even if they got there, like, this is not the time and the place for it. Because if uh-huh. you remember Tammy, all these big Tammyisms, like the change your costume, change it around, and the uh uh, I'm acting, or my father fucked Marlena Dietrich. All those are her. They're they're weird quips in the middle of a fight between Raven and Mimi. Right, you know, and they've also established. I thought we had also established or heard the rumor that it was where they were telling the producers were standing saying, "Act, get get more into this and everything." So, and that's what she gave them, where she was pretty much talking to the fourth wall. So they added them in as these weird moments to just make her look odd. Yeah, but so when when you're recreating something like that, yes. You know, a combination of Tammy and the Alexis, I have something to say, nobody, I can't believe nobody helps me with my outfit mm-hmm. sort of thing. It doesn't, it, there's, it doesn't match up. It, it doesn't work because the Tammy Brown moments mm-hmm. and the Alexis moment were organic. Yes, but I, as I've said, I think Valentina has decided to embrace the diva, telenovela diva uh, character as her persona, which is truly what she is. But I think in doing so, even when she's trying to be magnanimous and diffuse a situation, it comes off as a stunt show. Yeah. Because they can't tell the difference. Yeah. In that moment, there was too, there was too much emotion going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed to... Valentina to be real. And she was playing a character. That's what right. I think. But I don't think it was genuinely, I don't care what's going on. Let's talk about my outfit. I think she was trying to diffuse a very tense situation. Now, to get to Latrice, I love Latrice, and I haven't seen anyone disagree with me. I think even you touched on this. She hasn't been performing her best on All Stars 4. I would agree. And as much as we love Latrice, and as much as I think there was romper room fuckery with who was in the top two and who was in the bottom so for some of them and like blah, 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 where the placement was... Ultimately, I do believe Latrice belonged in the bottom two. And mm-hmm. I do believe, if you're being fair about it, that the, Monique sent the right person home. And because I don't believe Monique belonged in the bottom two. I'll tell you that. I don't believe Monique belonged in the bottom two. Who do you think should have been in the bottom two with her? Because think about it. Naomi was pretty good. Trinity was pretty good. I didn't like Monique. I would have swam with Monique in the bottom. So you would have had Monique and Monet in the bottom. Yeah. And I would have put Naomi. I don't know. I don't I I think Monique Monique as shrill as she was during her present performance, she gave more of a character than Latrice did where Latrice just sort of stood there open-mouthed and just sort of looked around at everybody. I would have put Valentina and Naomi in the top 2. And I would have put Monique uh, and Monet in the bottom. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I would have had Latrice and Monique in the bottom. Latrice and Monique in the bottom. I would have had Latrice and Monique in the bottom. Anyway, the person, the, the point is, at the end of the day, who fucking matter? It doesn't fucking matter. I would have sent Latrice home, and I have to give Monique a lot of credit credit for a profile profile and courage here for Monique Hart for having the courage, knowing that she was going to get social media hate for doing it. She sent home Latrice Royale. Has she? Has that started? Has that I, been I happening? Heard she's been getting snake emojis on her Instagram. Oh, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So she had the courage to do that. Now, obviously, it was a little easier because she was saving one of her closest friends. So there's obviously not a big question there. But the point is, she realized, oh, I'm fucked. You know. Yeah. And uh, she sent home, you know, one of the fan favorites. And so, uh, 
Yeah. Okay, so uh, any other final thoughts on the episode, Taylor the Latte Boy? Just, no. It was, it, of, I've been loving the season. This felt like a misstep for the season, this episode. Oh, yeah, I didn't think it was a horrible episode. Just It hasn't been as good as episodes one, two, and three. Yes. I'll say that. But it, it yeah. hasn't been a horrible episode. It's, it's been a fine episode. It was a fine episode. I, I, it was an odd episode. It was an odd episode. It was an odd yeah. episode, oddly edited uh, like, for instance, the part where they show Monique showing the lipstick, I think Monique, I, everyone has these conspiracy theories. I just think, honestly, Monique was just so in the moment, she didn't do the needed, the necessary uh, turning of the lipstick to the camera. She yeah. just sort of held it out and said, I said Latrice. And so then they had to do a pickup later where they go, uh, Monique, we need you to show the lipstick. And so she did. So it looks weird cut in. Um, but Yeah, uh, no, that did felt very, yeah. Yeah, yes, I, I, I agree with that, too. I just think she just was too emotional. She didn't do what she was supposed to do. She didn't hit her mark, and so they had her do it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, props oh, to Wait a second. Wait a second. I have one other thought. Yeah? Before. What did you think of RuPaul's outfit? Oh, I mean, I loved it. Okay, I did you? loved, 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 loved. I remember I, oh, but, <gasps> when it, she came out, I loved it. It was so different. The, I will say this. I'm getting sick of her hairline going back farther and farther and farther. But uh, but I thought I loved the outfit. What did you think of the outfit? I when she first came out, I was like, "Ugh!" And oh, then the really? more I looked at it, the more I was like, "That is actually my, last week with the legs for days mm-hmm. was." Just, I love that they are doing different silhouettes with her, mm-hmm. and that she was definitely where she was when she was walking out, and she was kind of flowing it behind her, and all it it it, it was beautiful. And the weird like pea green, but with the periwinkle yeah. and the coral with the, the whole thing was just it was. At first, it's very jarring, but then the more you look at it, you realize how fucking beautiful it was. Yeah. And I agree. Her hairline is going farther and farther back. Yeah. Pretty soon, the hairline's going to be uh, on the main stage. Like, you know, when she comes in, she's going to walk forward <laughs> it's already bald. Gonna be sitting there. <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay there, and she's going to walk forward bald. I think that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com.